Today on Follow Friday, we're going to talk about Pac-Man, a quest for cookies, driving down Sunset Boulevard, canoeing on Twitter, Soylent, Tinder, and imaginary video games. That's in a minute with journalist and podcaster Bijan Steven. But first, today's show is brought to you by Timber, a modern hosting platform for craft-loving indie podcasters. And when you host your show with Timber, you can also get free professional podcast reviews from industry experts like me. Check it out at timber.fm. Today's show is also brought to you by Repod, a new app for people who love podcasts, where listeners can connect with the hosts of their favorite shows. I'm on there all the time, sharing some of my favorite podcasts that I've been listening to, and I'll tell you more about that later in the show. But for now, I hope that you will download Repod on the App Store or Google Play and say hi. Just go to repod.io to get started. Today is a good day to meet some new friends. Everyone make a way. The show is a buffet. I'm Eric Johnson. Welcome to Follow Friday, the podcast about who you should follow online. Every week, I talk to creative people about who they follow and why. This is a guided tour to the best people on the internet, led by your favorite writers, podcasters, comedians, and more. If this is your first episode of the show, please take a moment now and follow or subscribe in your podcast app. It's free, and you'll get fresh interviews with your favorite creators every week. Today on the show is Bijan Steven, a journalist who has worked for places like The Nation, Vice, and The Verge. He's the host of a new history podcast called Eclipsed, which is about true stories that were overshadowed by historical events. You can find Bijan on Twitter at Bijan Steven. Bijan is spelled B-I-J-A-N, and Steven is spelled with a P-H. And you can find Eclipsed in your podcast app or at campsidemedia.com. Bijan, welcome to Follow Friday. Thanks for having me. It's wonderful to be here. So excited to meet you. Talk to you. Yeah. Um, I was listening to the first episode of Eclipsed yesterday, and it's about something that happened on July 20th, 1969, but not the moon landing. Do you want to tease briefly what that episode (laughs) is actually about? Yeah, I'm happy to. Um, yeah, uh, so it, it's about so the war in Vietnam was going on, um, and uh, obviously served as the back. It was like a b- big deal in history. It wasn't the backdrop to anything because like these all these events were happening simultaneously, but. There were a bunch of other people who were sort of involved in Vietnam who weren't soldiers. Um, And we follow one of them, who is an Australian musician named Kathy Wayne. And her story in brief is she flew to – she's an Australian, so Australia is close to Vietnam, so which is why she was going abroad. And there's a whole thing about Australian musicians going abroad in that time because it was a huge boost to their careers. In any case, she goes abroad. She goes to Vietnam, recruited by the government to sing for the troops, boost the morale, USO, Bob Hope. Think about it that way. And – while she's on an American military base in the middle of her second tour, she's killed while performing. And we tell the story of exactly what happened and why no one heard about it. And the answer is because of the moon landing. But there's a lot of history there. And we interviewed some of her friends and family. And it's, I mean, yeah, it was interesting doing all that reporting and talking to the people who had been there. And, you know, 
I don't know. War is war is a lot. War is yeah. hell. I think so. It was it was it was it's a bit heavy for like a first a first series, and I think you know our we we are a show comprised of like different mini series, so there are a lot of entry points. Um, our next series is about a lake. Get excited! The lake disappeared. Ooh, <laughs> spooky. But yeah, this I thought this one was a pretty fitting one to start with. Yeah, it's, it's an amazing premise for, for a podcast. I, I, I love this idea of overshadowed, eclipsed historical events. I, I remember reading many years ago a book by Bob Harris that was about uh, like international relations. And there was a running joke in the book, but it, it was a true thing. It wasn't it wasn't made up. It was a running joke in the book about all these incredibly important events in international relations that just happened the same day that Anna Nicole Smith died. And so therefore, oh we're not covered by American media at all. Just like so many things coincidentally happened the same day. And it's just like, that didn't happen anymore. You know, it just, <laughs> yeah. it's bizarre. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I think our show is like, you know, highlighting things like that, that like, I think we as a public have a very selective memory. Yes. And I, I don't, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. It is, but it does, you know, a lot of things go under, undercovered um, and they're fun to think about, you know, decades later. So, so I mean, because these stories are eclipsed, it makes researching them, I assume, harder than researching something that's famous, right? So, so how do you go about finding a story that is a good fit for the show? That's a great question. It's our proprietary algorithm. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, we, <laughs> initially, it was just us trawling around online and in books trying to figure out stories uh, and then pitching them to each other and our bosses. And now it's more like we everyone does, uh, because we're, we're a weekly show and we're, we're a narrative weekly reported history show, which is it's a lot. A lot of work goes into every episode. So right now, it's like more self-directed. Like people, we have like a story meeting every week, and you know, people come in with uh, ideas that they've encountered or found, and we kick the tires. So it's 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 like it's a product of our individual sort of obsessions and things that we're actually interested in. And um, yeah, I think it's you know it, we <laughs> we do our best to find stories that we think are fascinating, and also like because like the other thing is to be clear, like we we are sticking to the premise, but not as strictly as I think some people might want because one of the things that we found while you know trying to make a bunch of episodes this summer was like it kind of like the framing is good but sometimes it's limiting and so we wanted to be able to tell the stories that we wanted to tell so it's like some of them will be like yeah this is we know we know we know you kind of know about it but you don't know this about it right but the the thing that binds all these stories together is that they they sort of like we've been <laughs> this is maybe revealing too much. We internally we 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 like to say that they're they're a bit magically realist. Yeah, <laughs> like they're like kind of kind of like fairy tales. Um, uh, and that's like the secret sauce. But uh, you'll have to subscribe for th- through the end of the year to get some some more of that secret sauce. Maybe, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and just like fairy tales, some of them are pretty dark and scary. Yeah, <laughs> some of them are pretty dark, but some of them are very funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, the name of the show is Eclipsed. You can follow or subscribe everywhere you get podcasts. But now let's find out who Bijan Steven follows online. You can follow along with us today. Every person he recommends will be linked in the show notes and in the transcript at followfridaypodcast.com. It's Friday Friday. Bijan, before the show, I gave you a list of categories and I asked you to tell me four people you follow who fit in those categories. Your first pick is in the category, someone you'd like to be friends with. And you said Tim Rogers, who's on YouTube at Action Button. He's also on Patreon at Action Button and on Twitter at 
108, like the, the number 108. I've heard of this channel before, and I started watching one of Tim's videos once, like a couple months ago, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I honestly got intimidated by <laughs> how long the video was. So let's start. Could you explain what Tim covers in his YouTube videos and why you love it? Yeah. So I think I think a, a very brief history um, of Tim Rogers is he was a, a video producer at Kotaku and got sort of well-known online. And also a game, he's also a game designer and translator. But at Kotaku, he, he sort of became... Uh, well, and he, he also ran this review site called Action Button, which is why everything is called Action Button. It's a re- it's like a very very good video game review site. It's very scathing, and I think really like smart. The criticism is is very thoughtful and empathetic, but also biting. In any case, while he was at Kotaku, he got sort of notable for producing these incredibly long YouTube videos about video games, um, and they're 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 legendary, like hours long. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like think uh, not one hour think like four or five <laughs> <laughs> yeah Martin Scorsese would look at the runtime and be like mm, that's a little much <laughs> yeah yeah but it, they're they're really beautiful and like so so he left Kotaku recently um, and started his uh, started focusing on his own YouTube channel and Patreon. In any case, there's like there, he's he has put out a bunch of different videos. Um, I think I think in this season, I think there are what seven. I want to say that sounds right. Yeah, and they're all really really good. I started watching the one that like got me hooked, and the reason that I like went back and read and watched a lot of his stuff was the seven hour video he did for this Japanese video game called Tokimeki Memorial, which is uh, a dating sim. Huh. Um, and one of the greatest games of all time. I'm really? now convinced after watching this video. I've never heard of it. Yeah, and because it wasn't translated uh, into English. Oh, so you have you have to know Japanese, or you play, or you play like a, a, a hacked version of it that's been translated. So here's well, here's what happened. Um, no, I just watched the video. <laughs> I watched the video because like so Tim Tim speaks Japanese uh, fluently because he lived over there for a while, um, and I think recently he translated uh, the the American version of Moon, which just came out. For the Nintendo Switch, it's like a um, an old anti RPG. Anyway, that's this is like a lot of that's maybe too specific. But <laughs> in the review, he played through the game twice in full. So if you watch the whole thing, you get to see the game played at least twice. Mm-hmm. And it was like I thought it was a really fascinating document. I was just instantly engrossed by the mix of like personal experience and personal history, and also like the the degree and quality of like his criticism. Because like I'm a music critic at the Nation and. Uh, I, I like to think that I know some, a little bit about doing criticism and, and what it takes to do it. And Tim is just like a, a top class critic. Like he's really like like the blend of like his own experiences and like knowing all of the context of this stuff. Like like it, and uh, you know putting it in a video format is is really difficult because it makes the process much much longer. I think, but um, you see all the context. Like the like one of the the, the one of the pieces of, of archival footage that I saw. In the video was like a bunch of like Japanese teens and twenties, like Japanese men who were in their teens and twenties, like lining up to buy this video game explicitly marketed to girls. And it's like it was just a really like I guess maybe not explicit, but it was like this like it was one of those things where I was like, man, this is really cool. Like I can see like the demographics of the people lining up to buy this game, and also I can see like why it was so popular and who it was popular with. Okay, so that, that, that's actually yeah, really helpful. This is, I can keep going, but <laughs> okay, so but this is actually really helpful because it's not just you're not he's not just reviewing the mechanics or the aesthetics of the game, he's also talking about the culture around the game. Is, mm-hmm. is that right? And yeah. Yes. And that, that goes for all of his videos, I think. And it's it's interesting because I think, I mean, this is the way to, I, the way I think about criticism is that I think good criticism is about both 
bringing in all of like the, the relevant historical context and the relevant like narrative context mm-hmm. and marrying it with like your genuine feelings about something. So sometimes you bring in personal experiences. Sometimes you just talk about how a thing made you feel, because I think the best criticism is personal. You, there's no such thing as an objective critic. And I think sub- bringing your own subjectivity to a work and reacting to it as like an, a participant in the work is really what's important. And in video games, you know, it's harder to do, I think, I, I, because like because of the climate online, but also because, you know, it's just like these the medium hasn't been around that long. And I mean, the, obviously, it goes very deep, mm-hmm. but like it, it's one of those things that, you know, I, I, I really admire and respect uh, Tim's work because I think it's I think it's really brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. There was like his one. Um, he did a video about Pac-Man, which that was the one that I started and gave up on because I was just like, you, oh, I, my God, it's three the... hours long. And that's the yeah. shortest video he's ever made. <laughs> yeah. It's really good. I believe in part of it. He's standing in front of his old high school talking about like being in high school playing Pac-Man. And it's just like he's just in a field in front of a school that is his school. And it was just like, wow, this is, why would you do that? I love that. Yeah. Um, the Doom video is also equally good. Uh, just, <laughs> <laughs> just about the mechanics of what it is like to be the Doom guy. I don't know. It's 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 really, it's if it's if it's for you, it's for you. Uh, if it's not, I'd still say give it a try because you never know. And I forget, have you ever been like a video game critic yourself or you're thinking that it's more from the perspective of being a music critic? Well, so that's an interesting question. Um, I've written for video game magazines and I <laughs> write a column for The Believer about video games. <laughs> um, so I have done a bit of criticism occasionally, but, you know, like I video game criticism is is uh, it's yeah, it's 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 something that I indulge in rarely. Well, like when you're playing a game or you're you are critiquing a game like do you find like i don't know i'm just wondering about your personal experience with analyzing a video game that you're playing is that is that something that you enjoy doing did you find that to oh, be, yeah. be something yeah like, yeah so i mean when i when i write about video games like for my believer column it's mostly like just it's more i think it's why I, I try and be more reflective because i like i like analyzing the experiences but i think for me in writing about video games i feel like the games are context to talk about other things like they're you know because like games are an imperfect model of our world right right the idea of for example like um a tabletop role-playing game is that it models like the things that we do in real life mm-hmm. with this stat system and these dice rolls which simulate you know randomness which is mitigated by your skills right your skills like boost like what is a bad roll into a, a mediocre one which is fine right but i like i like using them to think about like different aspects of the world because like most games like all, all games have a perspective and it's interesting to explore what they're actually trying to say so you know like I wrote about the, one of the essays that I wrote for the believer was about like doing jobs in video games and how it's actually kind of work and you know tying this into a larger like a, sort of anti-work sentiment because it's like you know right it's like you 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 work your job for eight hours or whatever you come home and you sit in front, you you know, you boot up your PlayStation, you play The Witcher Three or whatever, and you're just doing tasks for another guy. <laughs> like, <laughs> and it's like it's kind of a job, right? Yeah. An enjoyable one because I think you know the difference is in games you can actually there's a sense of mastery, um, which is not true of all jobs. I think you know I think I think uh, a lot of jobs are more tedious because they're not gamified, um, which is a very dark thing to think. I feel like I predicted, <laughs> I may have just predicted the future. I hope not. <laughs> Please do not gamify your workplaces. Please don't. But yeah, so I, I think um, thinking about like the aspects of games, the aspects that games try to, the, the 
try to address is something that I'm really interested in doing. Maybe games should have just stopped at Pac-Man. Just eat constantly, consume drugs, escape death. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I think you can make a compelling argument. I think Tim does somewhere in the video. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that was Tim Rogers, who was on YouTube at Action Button. I should say. I, d- I did meet him briefly once. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we were uh, at a friend's place, and there was an emulated version of the Japanese ver- version of I think the SNES Dungeons and Dragons game. Mm. <laughs> and there wow. were at least two people there who had played the game enough to know every like every route through. And <laughs> I-, I was sitting there playing with another person, and Tim was live translating the Japanese. <laughs> it was just like this is great. And then I had to leave, and I was like, man, I wish. <laughs> Yeah. That's incredible. I wish I had gotten to stay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. my gosh. So, you know, I was just like, man, this is like, ah, uh, I want to be friends with that guy. Yeah. <laughs> that was Tim Rogers, who is on YouTube at Action Button. It's Final Friday. Bijan, let's move on to your next follow. I asked you for someone you followed forever, and you said Rishikesh Hirwe, who is on Twitter and Instagram at Rishi Hirwe, and his username is spelled H-R-I-S-H-I-H-I-R-W-A-Y. Rishikesh is one of my favorite followers, too, and he's one of those people who has done, like, a million creative projects, each of which has its own passionate fan base. So what was your honor What was your entry point into following him? That is a great question. Um, it was, uh, I believe, I went to, so I went to XOXO in, uh, I want to say, like, oh, I have to look this up. It was, Go for it. It was Go years for it. ago. <laughs> uh, hold on. Yeah, so in 2018, so first of all, I should, you're right, I should explain what XOXO is. So the website says XOXO is an experimental festival for independent artists and creators who work on the internet, uh, which is a long way of saying it is just like the coolest people online who make the coolest stuff. Maybe not the coolest people online, but I think it's the people who are using the internet, I think, in a, in a really interesting way. And the festival brings all of them together. And I think it, it's fantastic. So my um, I went with my old boss at The Verge, Laura Hudson, shouts to Laura, um, who is also a, a great follow. The reason I picked Rishi is because I met him at this and I met him with a bunch of other really amazing people who I'm still sort of friends with, like Taylor Moore, who I do Fun City with, Demi uh, Adejuibe. Uh, sorry, Demi, for mispronouncing your name for a second there. And just like a bunch of other like really cool people. And so we like Anita Sarkeesian, et cetera. So we like hung out all weekend and <laughs> so the, f- the festival is held in Portland. And Rishi took us on a cookie quest. To like just we just walked around the city finding the best like cookies and pastries, <laughs> and you know by the end of it we were like we had all this sugar and like we were like all right this is great but like you know I like that was that was fun uh, and I think it was him who said like yeah no it was just an excuse to like befriend you guys and I was like yeah. damn this guy's cool as hell <laughs> but uh, yeah I know I mean I was also like already a fan because uh, his podcast Song Exploder is incredible. Yeah, explain what Song Exploder is. I mean, this, yeah. this, is, this is a pretty famous podcast. People probably know, but, but uh, yeah, it's explain. a podcast and now a Netflix show. Yeah. But the show is, it's basically um, Rishi uh, interviews musicians who have done songs that you might know, but the way he interviews them is, is really different in that like he's, he talks to them and interviews them, but he, he cuts himself out of all the answers. So it's just like this, it's like, the questions are crafted such that it's a musician having a conversation about a song that they made and they get really deep and really open and it's really, really beautiful. Um, and they analyze all of like the, so that the musicians also bring the stems, like the, the raw, like version, every, the raw version of every track. Right. And they talk through the choices in making a song. And so it's like, it's like you get to see 
like it's if you like the um you know that that <laughs> the television show how stuff works like the <laughs> oh right where, where it's, how it's made like how the, it's the made factory yeah. of like here's how we make a chocolate chip cookie or something yeah. like that yeah <laughs> yeah except it's an artisan doing it and they're explaining their process and it's it's really like this beautiful deconstruction and I think Rishi's a masterful interviewer um so yeah I, you know I was already a fan and then I was like I met him and I was like wow this guy's actually cool and that's um, <laughs> nice it's nice to like meet people that you think are are both doing good work and also also are really nice in real life um but yeah so like it was it was that was like a great week for me i was just like wow this is this is like i gotta go back to this festival and then 2019 happened uh well it was i couldn't go to 2019 for whatever reason i can't remember why but then 2020 happened and the festival hasn't been held since oh man (laughs) hashtag covid yeah rishi recently launched a newsletter called accept cookies so I, I guess you were in the beta test for that <laughs> i think so the irl beta test he also does another show with uh samin nosred who i think is really cool too yeah it, it, that shows uh home cooking that that's actually the thing that i probably have the the strongest association with just because mm-hmm. i i've listened to every episode of that show some of them multiple times and what you're saying about song exploder is really uh, important that he cuts himself out of those interviews even though it's not like he's a wilting flower. It's not like he's not interesting. He's very funny, very smart, very, you know, hyper verbal. He's like, he's, he's a very interesting person to listen to. But I think what you're saying is like, he creatively was like, no, we got to put the spotlight on the artist for this. Like, this is the important thing, which is, which is a very selfless thing to do. It's a fascinating decision. Also, like he himself is a musician, which is the extra dimension to all of this. Yeah, that's right. And I really like his music. I remember I was living in LA for a minute uh, a few years back and uh, I just remember playing one of his songs and driving down like Sunset Boulevard and being like oh this is it this is great <laughs> <laughs> yeah his his old band was called the 1am radio but I think he, he like makes music with like Keith Stanfeld sometimes and he just put out a song with Yo-Yo Ma so he's like he's doing his music like he's he's on the level um, which is partially why it's so interesting to hear him talk to other musicians yeah because he knows the process yeah yeah and and what about um i think the other thing that he's probably pretty well known for is west wing weekly are you are you uh, are you a west wing fan i am not a west i've never seen the show really so I, I was just like oh this is not a podcast for me <laughs> I would say so. Maybe this yeah. is maybe this is the time. Maybe I get into the West Wing, but I'll, I don't know. Post Obama, I don't know, Chief. Yeah, I, this this has come up on this podcast before. I feel like if you caught the West Wing wave in the the pre twenty sixteen era, you probably love it. And watching it now, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's rough. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but yeah. I was thinking about EXO and I was like, man, I want to like talk about one of these people because I think they're all great. And yeah, so I this this you should go follow Demi. She go follow Anita. She go follow Taylor Moore, um, and there are a bunch of other people also. But yeah. have you have you talked with Rishi or, or worked with him at all uh, since that XOXO? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I spoke. To, I actually spoke with him uh, a few months ago about this project I was possibly going to do, and he was very encouraging. Um, I didn't end up doing it, but uh, it was it was a really enlightening conversation. Oh, that's great. Yeah, he's really he gives great advice too. Like the guy does it all. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that was Rishi Kesh Hirway, who was on Twitter at Rishi Hirway. We're going to take a quick break now, but we'll be back in a minute with Bijan Steven. Today's show is brought to you by Timber, a finely crafted hosting platform for your podcast. I tried Timber out recently, and I love the clean design. It's super quick and easy to change your show settings or to look at the analytics. 
And when you host your podcast on Timber, you get access to an amazing private Discord community called The Edit. I'm on there, and so are a bunch of other podcast industry professionals, and we provide detailed professional reviews of podcasts from Timber users. So when you sign up for Timber, you'll get two of those for free every year. Start your two-week free trial today at Timber.fm. That's T-I-M-B-E-R dot F-M. Today's show is also brought to you by Repod, which is a brilliant new app that I use all the time. It's a podcast listening app, but it's also a fun, vibrant social community where people are talking about their favorite podcasts and connecting with the hosts of those shows. So like I said, I'm frequently posting the highlights of what I've been listening to, which this week includes a podcast about the music of Animal Crossing, which completely blew my mind. And you know what else is amazing? Repod. It's great. It's available on both Android and iOS. So search for R-E-P-O-D in Google Play or the App Store, or go to repod.io to get started. I'll see you there. Hey, a quick content warning before we get back to the show. In this next segment, Bijan and I briefly talk about an art project that imitates a part of the male anatomy. So if you're listening with kids or maybe your parents and you don't want to hear that, you can skip ahead about five and a half minutes to the next follow recommendation. It's Follow Friday. Welcome back to Follow Friday. Bijan, let's move on to your next follow. I asked you for someone super talented who's still under the radar, and you said Nicole He, who is on Twitter at Nicole He, N-I-C-O-L-E-H-E. Nicole is a creative technologist and a video game designer, and you said in your email to me that you've been friends with her for, for a long time, right? Like, how'd you meet? She was one of my first friends in New York, actually. Really? Um, I moved, so I moved to New York in, like, I think 2013, so I've been here for a bit, and uh the <laughs> the first memory I have uh, was like we uh, but back back when you could canoe in Twitter, which is to say, you could reply to your friends and random people wouldn't jump in and ah. like, say weird. <laughs> <laughs> I was in a canoe with her, and then we like <laughs> I don't remember how this happened, but she I think she ended up inviting all of us to her apartment. Uh, no, to another friend's apartment, and we all, we we all showed up there, and she DM'd a game of Dungeons and Dragons for us, <laughs> and I because I'd always wanted to play D anD D, and I never had a group, and uh, she was my first DM, and we played I think it was Second Edition or Basic Edition. Nicole, don't get mad at me, um, I can't remember, uh, <laughs> but it was one of the versions of D anD D, one of the earlier versions of D anD D, where you make a character and they can die instantly. You have three hit points, and anything can kill you. Oh my gosh! Uh, and it was just it was it was just really fun, and I remember thinking like, oh, I want to be friends with that person, and then you know we've been friends basically since then but it's just funny cuz you know back in the day she was her 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 journey through like career stuff has been really fascinating to watch um because at the time she was working at Kickstarter like on one of their outreach teams i think for tech i want to say and this was like 2013 2014 and then she she quit her job and went to ITP which is the NYU um like interdisciplinary interdisciplinary tech program why well, mm. i can't f- talk today excuse me <laughs> And uh, <laughs> and she she like retrained as uh, like a like a technology person and and um, it was very funny because uh, while she was in school some of her projects started going viral like she made <laughs> she made this thing called Soylent Dick which was a dick made out of Soylent I saw this <laughs> that would squirt Soylent. <laughs> 
<laughs> and it was very funny. It was just like a fun. It was a great joke. Well, I you think know? specifically and it would only do that when you typed something positive about Soylent or you tweeted something positive right, about Soylent. Right. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and you know, g- good shit. Uh, and like, cause I remember the next one she did was like the True Love Tinder robot, which was yes. which I think was very famous. Explain what this is really clever. Explain what this was. Yeah. So basically, it was like uh, you you. <laughs> Uh, it, it was like a capacitive like handprint thing. So you put your you put there was a phone in front of it. So you put your hands in the handprint things, and it would check like the, the react uh, the um, electrical conductivity of your skin, right? And swipe left or right on the phone based on like whether or not your your palms were aroused <laughs> looking at this person, uh, which is really funny. And That's you know, brilliant. It, was, it was a great commentary on dating apps and. Um, since then, she's like you know gone on to. She was working at Google for a while. She t- taught at NYU, and now she's she actually literally. I was <laughs> I was texting with her today because she makes games now, and one of them just got signed to Devolver, which is one oh, of the bigger indie publishers. That's so exciting, yeah, yeah, right. I think it's really cool, um, and you know, it's just been really wonderful to like see her career, like not, not to like be friends with her and like see all this stuff kind of up close because I think she's really brilliant I, one of the people that you will definitely know about in the next 10 years yeah keep um, an so eye get out. in on the ground floor baby <laughs> <laughs> well, okay so, so she's DM'd a game of Dungeons and Dragons for you yes have you ever played video games with her because oh all, yes okay, I, I, I'm yeah, wondering about yeah, this yeah, okay yeah. so she's a video game designer is she like talking about like is she like analyzing the mechanics or looking for bugs or like i, I, I wonder, well, okay. I wonder what it's like to play with a designer so remember when i was talking about uh the tim rogers th- playing D that was her apartment yeah <laughs> her, all comes around and uh, yes and we the, the uh, her fiance was like i want to play 10 person Bomberman on the sega saturn and made it happen <laughs> but no i mean like it, playing games with her is really fun because you know she is like it's not like about analyzing the stuff really, but it's I think she it's she genuinely enjoys doing it, and also she streams on Twitch, uh, which you should go follow her because she streams. I think it's like Thursdays and Sundays, but she streams a bunch of like weird games from like the past, and then talks and in in those she'll talk more about the mechanics and like you know like she played one that was like a I can't remember what it was called, but you controlled it with your voice and it was like an old game from like the early 2000s. <laughs> it was very buggy. <laughs> I, I think she made a game like this as well. I was looking, I, I highly recommend, by the way, visiting her website, which is Nicole.pizza, um, where she has all of her tech projects. And yeah, she, she, one of them is like a game where you have to yell at your computer to Yes, to, it's to called Enhanced.computer and it's a, t- it's a take on, on uh, like, as, like um, SVU. Like, like the, the, the cop procedural where someone's like, Zoom, enhance. Enhance, you know. yeah. <laughs> and you can actually do it. <laughs> yeah. So I think, yeah, but it's, I, she's, she's really wonderful. And, you know, like, yeah, it's just, I love hanging out with her and online. I think you will too. Well, get it on the ground floor, as, as he said. Um, and also, yeah, I looked up her, her, her Twitch is Nicole underscore underscore he. Yes. But that was Nicole he, who's on Twitter at Nicole he. It's Final Friday. We have time for one more follow today. Bijan, I asked you for someone who makes the internet a better place. And you said Leon Chang, who is on Twitter at Leon, which is spelled L-E-Y-A-W-N. I know Leon as one of a very small number of people who has an animated Twitter profile picture yeah. for some technical reason that I don't understand. But you also know him in real life, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the profile picture thing is interesting because there are still, still a few people who have it. But it was back. You, you you can't get them now. But it was back when Twitter let you 
upload GIFs as your profile picture. And if you just kept it and did not change it for the last 10 years or whatever, <laughs> you, you just get grandfathered in. Yeah. So you can't upload them now, but like there are very few people who have them. <laughs> and it's really funny to see the bit that bit of internet history. Katie Nantopoulos is another one. She has, has these little like balloons that change colors. Yeah. <laughs> I think John Herman has one too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. With the little, the egg that turns into an eye or yes. something. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's like, you know, it's a, these are a very select group of internet power users. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but Leon is great because because I think he's he's one of the funniest people online. Like he's just so goddamn funny. Yep. Um, and is I think part of what what we would call weird Twitter, or I guess you know the loose collection of people who post humor ripped directly from something awful. Um. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah, this is actually it's been long enough since something awful. You should probably explain for uh, you know the, oh, the, sure. the elementary version of, of this was like a very foundational part. Of like the yes. internet, basically something awful was a was an internet forum created by a guy who is uh, self evidently a piece of shit, uh, Rich Kayanka, who died recently actually. Um, <clears throat> rest in piss. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, he he created this website that was really like it was it was a forum where you could post whatever you wanted, except the forum like it had you had to pay ten dollars to register a username and be able to post. And what it meant was uh, it grew this like weird culture. That was like very impossible to understand, sort of outside of it. But a lot of those users migrated away when you know Twitter came around, and they brought that kind of inscrutable style of posting to, to Twitter. And it's it's some of the funniest stuff I've ever seen. But basically, something awful created the language that we use on the internet now. Right, is the short version of that story. And, so, and Leon is one of those something awful. Leon is posters, one of those. Yeah. Former former posters, um, and yeah, he's just like I think you know I think he's he's a delightful person. I really you know hang out with him is really fun. He, like we uh, during the pandemic we got really into playing Smash Brothers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> he's really good at that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he, he these days he like uh, mostly he makes music. Also, as I should say yes, he's a very good musician. And uh, yeah, so he makes music. He posts online, and he also streams on Twitch now. Well, and, and specifically out of his music, uh, t- at least two of his albums that he's released as an electro- electronic musician are soundtracks to video games that don't exist. They're from, they don't exist. Right. They're, they're soundtracks to video games called Bird World and its sequel, which I'm forgetting, like Return to, Return Bird, to World. Bird World. Yeah. <laughs> but the games have never been made. This is not like inspired by some game he's played. This is imagining a game. And he also, like, and there were beautiful art books that came with both of them um, that detailed the world. and stuff. It's, just, it's really smart stuff. And the music is really good. Yeah. Like, you know, um, and I don't know. He's just like a really, he's like really great. I think he's like, I think one of the other things that he's very good at is savagely owning dudes online, <laughs> which, you know, that's something that you need that makes the internet better. Uh, but yeah, I think, you know, it's, it's really, <laughs> his streams are fun. He's like playing through, he's, he's very, he's like a naturally gifted gamer, but he, he recently played through like most of the Souls games and he's making his way through like a, the back collection of like games kind of like those games. Right. But yeah, no, I think he's he's a really good follow, um, uh, though he does not post that much anymore. Yeah, another one of those. Yeah, I mean... Another one of those. I mean, the sm- smart money's on leaving, honestly. <laughs> uh, well, that's bad for the future of this podcast, but... <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, it's okay. So, I mean... Musical talent and being very funny at savagely owning people, those those are specialized skills. You have to you have to be actually good at those. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Um, what, what 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 do you think are some things that, that the rest of us should do to make the internet a better place the way the way that Leon does? Is there anything that oh. you think we can we can learn from, from him, from following him? hundred percent. Yeah. Um I think um 
Don't post when you're angry. <laughs> don't, I mean, don't take the obvious bait. <laughs> like, that's that's a big one. Uh, but it's so delicious. Is, I love obvious yeah, bait. <laughs> you, you just don't, you, I think the main thing is just remembering that you don't have to engage. You just don't. That yep. no, no one's asking, no one's waiting for your take. Like, truly, unless somebody's <laughs> waiting for your take, no one's waiting for your take. Um, and usually it makes it worse. Um, yeah, but I think, I, I think. The lesson is post judiciously. Yeah. Um, use 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 your your brain. And yeah, I think that I mean that was also I mean you could say sort of the lesson of something awful. Or if you posted something or not funny, they would bully you. Right. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I mean you know that that's basically Twitter, right? Right. Um, so just you know be careful. <laughs> All right. Well, that was Leon Cheng, who's on Twitter at Leon, which is spelled L E Y A W N. Bijan, thank you for sharing these follows with us today. Before we go, let's make sure listeners know how to find you online. Where do you want them to follow you? Oh, yeah. Um, you can follow me on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitch. Uh, and you can follow me on Instagram. Um, my Instagram is Bijan Cakes, which is a different handle <laughs> than my... And it, so I got, it got verified for whatever reason, which means I can't change it. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> which, I mean, you know, I'm not mad at it. Whatever. Like, it, it could be worse, but it's not unified. Right. Which is... Satisfying. Tough. Yeah. <laughs> it's satisfying. To, it's satisfying to have everything in the right place. Yeah. But exactly. yeah, my Twitch name is the same as my Twitter name, um, Bijan Steven. Well, follow me on Twitter at HeyHeyESJ, and don't forget to follow or subscribe to this show in your podcast app. If you like this episode of Follow Friday, then check out the past interviews with Allegra Frank from Slate, Devendra Hardwarf from the Filmcast, and Nick Qua from Vulture. Follow Friday's theme music was written by me and performed by Yona Marie. Our show art was illustrated by Dodie Hermawan. That's all for this week. This is Eric Johnson reminding you to talk about people behind their backs. And when you do, say something nice. See you next Friday. One more thing before we go. I want to thank John and Justin from Transistor.fm for supporting Follow Friday on Patreon. Transistor is an independent podcast hosting company with a simple, modern interface for uploading audio, distributing your podcast, and viewing analytics. You can also make as many podcasts on Transistor as you want for no extra cost, and you can invite additional users to access the show settings, upload episodes, view analytics, and more. Check them out at Transistor.fm.